Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue. Faces turn red. And rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, now, two guys who've discovered that making toast in the bathtub just hits different. Chris and the Riz. Hey, hi, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast. This is episode 506. Detroit Lions, time to shine. That's right now. Uh, this is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing and dashingest of hosts, Chris. And with me is my quickest of hosts, Jeff, the Riz Risen. How you doing, brother? You bringing the Riz. Uh, I am. I am running like a chicken with my head cut off and my hair looks like it. But I'm happy to be talking Lions with you, Chris, because we, we have a lot to talk about. Yes. Yes. I appreciate everyone's flexibility with a little push off of the day. Had a little stomach. Uh, shakedown yesterday decided it would all that stuff didn't need to be in there you're so, good now right yeah I'm, I'm i'm good i'm i'm excellent weight loss program i i admit I, you know <laughs> i i wish i don't wish that on anybody all right let's talk about what we got we got a great show coming up uh we'll do our warm-ups like we do as we all gather a little bit unexpectedly you know <laughs> those are warm-ups i've been playing catch up all day uh but we'll get those um we'll have a brief brief hit on the packers game we're not gonna spend a whole lot of time on that it's been a week we don't want to re- relive that but we do have to mention it uh we'll do a quick update on the team health and injury report we will do an hooker update because you need to know what's going on with all your favorites uh ag in the defense we got a little conversation about that we want to have a little talk about ben johnson and a look ahead to the new orleans saints game we got all that and a whole lot more going up it's a great show riz are you ready to go my man i am let's do it let's kick this off and break it down Right. <sighs> what a beautiful day. We want to say thank Adam Faulkner. Thank you so much for the subscriber. Appreciate you for subscribing to the channel. If you're here, please hit the like, the subscribe, all those things. We appreciate all you folks that, for doing that and who do that. It means a lot to us. It uh, helps other people find us, helps us build the show out. Also, don't forget, we're doing the season for St. Jude. Go to stjude.org slash DLP. Drop a couple ducats if you can. Uh, Johnny Mack, hit us up with uh, great work, Gary. Sorry, great work, guys. Sorry, this took a few. 54 bucks because Spielman's my guy. And then Flounder, oh. Flounder Riches. And per my pledge in the Scott Mitchell interview about the Barry documentary, another $100 from him. Thank you, Flounder. You are a spectacular brother. Um, Did you see the Scott interview? I did. You did a very good job with that. Thank you. Uh, I unfortunately was was traveling. That was uh, my wife's family's Thanksgiving. Just couldn't be there to be part of that. I didn't want to do it from the backseat of my car. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, you handled it great. I thought Scott was very open for the most part. I thought he, I thought he displayed the proper amount of emotion on it. 
Uh, it's it was uh, it was good. It, first off, it was good to see him. Uh, just because you know he, the last time we saw him, most of us saw him was was you know, standing on on the stage of the Biggest Loser, and mm-hmm. he's kind of been out of sight since then. So it's good to just see that he's doing well. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, beyond that, you know, just reliving some of that era. You know, that's the era. Um, I was away at college for most of that time, so I didn't get unfortunately to watch a lot of the Scott Mitchell era in Detroit. So that that's kind of a I don't want to say a black hair, but like a gray area for me. So it was nice to to get some more perspective on that because uh, other than watching a couple of VHS tapes that my my, my wife's <laughs> uncle burned for me uh, to watch games, um, I didn't see a lot, of, especially the '95 season. So Thank you. it was uh, it, it, it's good to get back into that. Um, yeah. By the way, my my Scott Mitchell experience, and I, I wasn't going to share this with him if it was on it. I actually saw him play in person his first game. I was at the game in Cleveland where Dan Marino tore his Achilles and Scott Mitchell came in oh, and his wow. very first NFL throw was a pick six to Hanford Nixon. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned that. Um, I was thinking about Scott and it's, it's, it's funny how the, the response to some people, I don't want to hear it. They, they have an opinion. They're absolutely willing to tell you what their yeah. opinion is, but they have no desire at all to hear what he said. And I don't know if they're protecting ego or what, but I just found Scott to be riveting his take on, 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 you know, what was going on. And it was, I felt that was great that he shared it. I, I, you know, the fact when he apologized to Jeff Daniels and Eminem, I thought that was a pretty big, pretty big spot. He, he, he didn't hold back on that. It was, it was good to see. I mean, Scott, I think is an emotional cat. He went through a lot when he was here, just like you hear, you heard from him as you have heard from Stafford, the same thing. There was nothing he wanted more than to bring the city a championship and it just didn't work out. And I, I, I understand where he's at about feeling maligned. I understand, you know, he's kind of an emotional creature and I think he carries a little bit of that on the sleeve. I think he, I think he was hurt a lot by the people in Detroit and what happened to Detroit. And that still sticks with him. And he's probably got some, some things he wants to work through, but I really, his, his, his honesty and the window into, you know, his thinking, I thought was great. I really appreciated what, what he shared. So love him or hate him. I th- I thought it was absolutely worth your while to check out that, that what head Scott had to say. It was, it was, re- it was really, really something. Yeah. Brandon, uh, after hearing Scott Mitchell, I think he was a predecessor for the Joey Harrington treatment. And I feel really bad for him. Interesting. Both of those guys, I think feel the same way and it just processed it a little bit differently. You know what I mean? Joe, Joey's a very different cat, yeah. and uh, he's he's definitely comes at it from a different perspective than Scott. I want to ask you one question, since you were there talking with Scott, and you could kind of get a better feel for the emotion. Um, like, just how frustrated would you rate his? Or what was his level of frustration? Do you think with with the way that he was perceived, um, even though he wasn't specifically mentioned by name in the documentary? Um, do you think it was like a ten? Do you think it was like an eight? Do you think he overplayed it to get his name back in the news? I, I don't think I feel obligated to ask that question. Yeah, I don't think he played it for his 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 benefit because he he has nothing to gain. Okay. He's nothing to sell. He's not get you know, and and I don't think I mean he, so he gets his name out there. I don't that that's not really what he was after. I think he's he's truly still hurt, you know, emotionally by his time, a little bit of a scar, and I think hearing Coach Fonts and I did I talked to Coach Fonts before that uh, in the week. And he, Coach Fonts is a great guy. He he's like, I don't want to bring up anything 
right? I don't want to cause any problems and, and, and rifts. And I liked Scott a lot. I enjoyed playing with, you know, Scott playing for us. He's a great quarterback. I, I have nothing bad to say about Scott at all. And uh, I was like, no, that, that I get it, coach. That's good. I, it, and I don't want to pull you through. He's like, I'm an old man, Chris. I'm like, I don't want to pull you into that, man. I, it's it's okay. Um, so, no, I, I think I think he said something. I think Scott took it one way. And, and I think Scott, you know, for his own where he's at it's it's fair i think it's fair his perception because he's he doesn't want he's got pride he's got an ego like most people do he doesn't want to be shat upon and he felt that that was just another shot that it's his fault that things didn't work out and i think any educated football person would say it's not scott's fault that the lions didn't win it or that barry didn't win a super bowl right there's a whole bunch of things that happen and a whole bunch of reasons and like if you want to and look i love lomas but the idea that, hey, I let him sack him, right? Players who do that, they, that could have cost Barry a, a Super Bowl, that kind of approach, right? There's a lot of things going on there. There's a lot of different things. And I'm not saying that Lomas cost him a Super Bowl, anybody. So just don't don't even go there. I'm just saying that there's a lot that goes into any human emotion. There's a lot to unpack. I think he's genuinely hurt. And I think that was something that really, because it was big. The Barry documentary was big. And I think that was something he was like, I don't want to go down right now as the scapegoat for all of this. And that was just him unpacking it. So um, right. I just, I think there's a, it's a complex situation with complex issues. And I think fans typically, as they do, distill it down to who can I blame? Whose fault is it? I'm going to hang it on that. And that's that. So it's like even Patricia's era. You can't just hang it on Patricia and people love Quintricia because it's easy to say. And hey, I get to blame two people with one. But the Fords have culpability in that era, too. I mean, there's a lot of people that had that did things incorrectly during that time. I bet Darius Slay would say I probably didn't handle it the best I could have while I was there. And it I probably helped create the situation where I got traded. Right. I think there's a lot of things at play. It's always complex. It's never black and white. And human emotions are an interesting thing. All right. Let's get into the green dot. Great world. <laughs> the green dot a young man named jack campbell who for all intents and purposes as not the middle linebacker has had some difficulties this year it's been a, a tough pickup for him he's had some sh- areas where he shined but he hasn't been i mean this is why we talk about off-ball linebackers being a must early in the draft their impact on a team uh, it, it's not Oh, I'm being a little facetious, obviously. It's not all just a Jack Campbell isn't a great player kind of thing, because I think he will turn out to be a great linebacker for this team. He has to be Me used too. appropriately. It's just what is the level of impact at somebody that gets picked that early in the draft, right? And at that position. So he's coming to the mic. He's taking the green dot on the defense this, this week. I want to just really quick, because some folks, I was talking to my wife about it this week. She's like, I had no idea about the green dot. Like, like the whole thing. So Riz, why don't we just take a quick second? Most people know, but just reiterate what you know and see if there's anything that surprises folks about what the green dot means for uh, players yeah. on the field. So the green dot is the player that can communicate with the sideline and gets the defensive calls from Aaron Glenn or whoever is calling them in and relays those to the rest of the team. He He's the primary responsibility for setting up the defense and making the defensive calls from the sideline again. Like he's not calling the defense as a rookie. Alex Anzalone, Normally, where's the green dot? He's out this week. We'll talk a little bit about that. And uh, so they are moving. This is an interesting move that they're trusting Campbell to do this as the green dot on the inside. Because if you remember going back when Anzalone was not practicing, I want to say the summer of 22, Derek Barnes wore the green dot. 
Mm-hmm. And Derek Barnes has played more of the Mike-ish position. And you got to kind of call it that because the Lions are very flexible and fungible with where they align their linebackers. So this is a this is a testament to Jack Campbell's football knowledge, his IQ, his communication skills, the trust that the team has in him to to disseminate that information out across the defense. Um, that's not something that's taken lightly. It's not something that rookies typically get. I also happen to think I'll editorialize here. I think it's a very big challenge for him, and and the Lions want to see how he responds to that. And uh, I I do too. I yeah. expect you to do, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I think this is interesting. And I my sense is that it's going to work out well for him. Let me how about that? I, I think it's a, a very good position. I think it's gonna be the first step in his assuming the role of um, that middle linebacker from Ancelone. Because, look, Ancelone's having a great year. He deserves respect. He's in for all, for all everything we can tell, and even some of the interactions I've had kind of offline with him. Genuine, genuinely good cat. Like a, a human oh, being yeah. wise, a genuinely good person. That being said, how long will he be here? How much does he have in his career? A, a gator. It's so good to be a Florida gator. Um, almost bought, beat Florida State. Oh, that would have been something. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, Anceloni, um, I was just, I'm just, I'm just impressed with him. And I, I know we have to think about who's going to replace him. And Campbell is obviously the likely successor. So this is that first step towards that ascension of Campbell to the middle. Look, I hope he's just, just slays it. And we don't even miss Anceloni. Not that I don't like Anceloni, any of that, but I think that the, to see that kind of step up would kind of start to say, okay, we're good with where we landed. We're very good with where we landed, who we got and why we got them. And it's just kind of a mid season ascension for this new person into this role. I like the idea of him only playing the mic. Now. I think one of the issues that he's had is that they've asked him to do so many different things. It's very difficult for him to focus on that. There are weeks where he's the Sam. There are weeks where he's the will. There are weeks where he nibbles at Mike but also then like has to play in, in the like the slot linebacker role when they get caught with when when 22 personnel's on the field. I love the idea of letting him do one thing. And I think he's going to do that very well. He did this very well at Iowa. He's a incredibly astute football mind. Yeah. And I think that just not having to worry about everything. Now obviously there's a different set of everything that he has to worry about cuz he's got He's got to tell Aiden Hutchinson and Brian Branch and Tracy Walker and Cam Sutton, like all these dudes who are really good players, like this is what you're going to do on this play. And they have to respect that. And uh, I, I personally respect the fact that the Lions trust him with that. And they don't think that that's going to be an issue. They, they absolutely don't think it's too big for him to do this. Um, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm not concerned about it, but I'm, I, I think I, I'm with you, Chris. I think it's going to work out well in the long term, even if there's a cup. There's look, there's going to be some bumps in the road. Um, yes. that, that happens with everything. But this this is the role they drafted him to play long term. Uh, and if he can get that going against a really, really bad uh, Saints offense, uh, especially in the red zone, they've got it's good. It's a good week for him to try this. Because uh, Derek Carr is not going to run on you. You don't have to worry about that. 
He's not going to throw it through you. He doesn't have the arm to do that. They're going to be playing. We're getting way ahead here. They're going to be playing with a bunch of wide receivers. They have one guy who's going to play wide receivers this week. Look, I I make a living covering the draft. I've never heard of one of their guys who's going to play wide receiver this week. Never. Like, they are. This is a good time to try this. This is the long and the short of it. Yes. Yes. All right. So, let me, let me really quick, uh, I just want to shout out really quick, Justin. Hey, Heidi Ho, Justin, how you doing? There, there you go. You got that for, uh, we're missing out early. Um, really good for the green dot. Really good for Campbell. Really excited to see what he has. Please work. Please work. Please be part of that, ma- that Brad magic, please. <laughs> All right. Next, next to the warmups, the, the, the flex, the flex, the flex. Um, we're, we're already behind us. Um, so Detroit lions have flexed a game. Uh, news came out already um, on the 16th of, De- of December, Saturday. The Detroit Lions and Denver Broncos play at 8:15, a primetime game. Um, opportunity. Look, the other two games that day on this NFL triple header contain Minnesota, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, and Indianapolis. And the Lions and Broncos were the one flexed to the primetime Saturday night game. I think that says a lot about what the NFL scriptwriters think of the Detroit Lions this year, <laughs> and and what they think that game will be. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't. I couldn't. They've overcome their adversity. Now it's time to break, bring them back up. We know, we know where they're going to be. <laughs> so, if you have tickets, if you have watch plans, whatever you, whatever is going on, some people like me are very, very fortunate. We have a shutdown at the end of the year, and the fifteenth is my last day of work of December until the the eighth of nice. January. I can't wait, man. Um, so yeah, you get your plans right that Saturday, the sixteenth. I will be. Uh, I got some stuff going on, but I will be watching that game, and you will too at eight fifteen. So I'll be ready for the flex on that. All right, let's move on to our big first topic. Pass that one, and the Detroit Lions picked over by the Packers. Riz, it was it was a bad table of leftovers as the main course at twelve thirty on Thanksgiving. Um, and it's I know it leaves a bad taste to talk about with folks right now, but really, really quick, let us know. You know, where's your head? What do you think? I think so many players had so many anomaly games. The worst game I've ever seen Penny Sewell play in his life. Yeah. Um, Preston Smith beat the crap out of him. There's no, there's no denying that. Like you watch the tape, Penny is trying to crawl to block him because Preston threw him on his ass. Um, that that doesn't happen. That's not going to happen again. Taylor Decker wasn't very good. Frank Ragnow wasn't very good. Graham Glasgow wasn't good at all, and he was a lot better than the left guard situation. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. The, that line is never going to play that poorly again. I don't think Jared Goff is going to make the decisions with the ball that he did again. Now I know he didn't throw any interceptions, but he didn't. He was impacted by the rush, and I don't think we're going to have to worry about that again. I think Aaron Glenn's the way he handled the defense. A Kirby Joseph played like crap. I don't expect that to happen again. I he, well, I expect him to be less crappy because he's he's not playing well at all right now, quite frankly. And mm-hmm. that, that's probably something that we have to talk a little bit more about. But I, I think he'll be better. I think Jerry will be better. I think Cam Sutton will be better. Um, a lot of the role players on the team did not play well, and when you do that, you're not going to win. And I, I I just think that there was so many just weird circumstances in that game where they overcome it, maybe. Did Aaron Glenn have a terrible game plan? Probably. We'll probably talk more about that. Did Ben Johnson have a good game plan? 
not really. Like, did Dan Campbell have him ready to play? Not really. Like, no. none of those things are typical. And, and I think because of that, I'm really confident that they will bounce back from it. Now, people in the chat and people online, I'm sure, are saying, hey, you told us that the Packers were, were nothing, that that was the easiest game left on the schedule. I did. I still believe that. Yep. Lions, that shows you where the Lions, they, they have to rise up. You can't overlook anybody. And I think uh, my overconfidence in the team obviously doesn't have anything to do with how well the team plays. But it is frustrating that, like, they just they just didn't do it at all. And it was – So I think that's all I have to say about that, Chris. Yeah, what do you I, got? I got LaFleur. I hate to say nice things about the Packers, but he had that team prepared exactly – how they had to be prepared for the Lions. That right there is something the Detroit Lions had to look out for because that was the blueprint. That was the blueprint, especially with the the decimation of our offensive line going into that game. Their defensive line, despite all the rest of their injuries, that was the part of that team that had to carry them, and boy, did they ever. They bullied the Detroit Lions, and that was ugly. That's what carried that. And then on the offensive side of the ball, they completely stymied our defensive front. There was no pressure all game. That's how they won the game in 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 the uh, in the trenches. That was literally what they did, and they they did exactly what they had to do to set themselves up to win. The fact that um, J- Jordan Love had all that time made him look like, oh my God, he's going to be the quarterback. Did we hurt them by doing that? By giving Jordan his, his like Matt Flynn his five hundred yard game, and he got a, a giant contract out of it? Hey, they may keep him longer. They they may suddenly think there's something there because of how he played against this Lions team. That may be you know long term better for the team. Who knows? But um, they just they just f- straight beat us. Uh, Micro Mike in the uh, in the chat brings up a great point. They paid three games in eleven days. It's hard to get yourself up. I mean, on a day like that. And then the players themselves, they they just didn't look good. You talk about Kirby, you talk about Jerry. Do you know that right now, as of right now in the ser- ser- in the season, all these people, I hear I get, people want to dog on Jerry so bad, but Jerry's a is a great football player. He's in the NFL and he belongs there. Do you recognize? Does anyone recognize that Cam Sutton's PFF grade is actually worse than Jerry's? I interestingly don't hear anybody talking about. Well, he's not an NFL caliber cornerback. Guys, come on. Um, the, no one was playing well this defense hasn't been playing well we'll talk about that a little bit but that's a problem no time for jared goff obviously you know jared he, he he's a lanky white guy he looks a little funny sometimes when he's under pressure so it kind of magnifies the situation but no quarterback plays well no quarterback plays well under pressure and uh, you see it across the board They're the ones that do are, are are mobile but even a lot of these justin fields is mobile you know what i mean there's a lot of pieces that go into that besides just being uh mobile so that was an ugly game and um i think this break and this time uh for the team to focus the players to focus this is exactly what ag and the players and the rest of them need i would say as much as we focus on the defense the offense is what put the defense in such a bad position even as bad as everyone played oh, on the defense they only scored what 27 points i mean they scored and, and, 20 and, in the first quarter <laughs> and how many of those were off of the defense you know what yeah, i mean the, the, the lions defense in the second half of that game actually played pretty well yeah, yeah. they they were not the problem in that game the, the problem in that game was Jared Goff turning the ball over the just unbelievably stupid decision for that fake punt um, at the worst possible juncture of that game. Like that, that right there was Dan Campbell saying, I'm, I'm willing to lose this game right now. 
He did. Yep. The other thing I hope he's learned from that. I think the, he has. The other thing of combat sec um of of that game was Green Bay was probably looking forward to that game since the end of last season. And then since they yeah. got stomped the beginning of this season, they had they had blood. The thing we learned from the Bears and the Packers are number one, you can't look past teams, but you really can't look past divisional foes. Period. Uh, Combat Sack says, guys, I'm just sick of Rod Wood making football decisions. There we go. Bring back the old, <laughs> the old, the old classics. Thanks, man. All right. So there we are. That's that's. Uh, let's call that our Packers review and and move on from there. You okay with that, Riz? Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Flush it away. Yeah. Flush it down. All right. Learn to swim. <laughs> oh, Heard that song the yeah, down in Arizona Bay. Um, team health and injury report. Interesting. I, the the one that I want to talk about is is Jonah. We talked about the the broken wrist. He looks like he's coming back, and he may even play this week. But it was crazy. Did you see how Dan just didn't want to talk about Jonah? Like, didn't want to talk about it at all. It was it was an interesting kind of. It was an artful dodge. Uh, first off, I don't think Dan was expecting that particular question at that time, and and we've seen this um, being in the press rooms from time to time. Like I, you do, ca- you, you can tell like he will shake the podium a little bit, or like he'll readjust the way he's standing when you can tell that he's thinking on his feet. Yeah. Um, like Patricia would just filibuster, Jim Schwartz would just be like, you know, Caldwell <laughs> just would stop. Yeah. Um, but Dan, like. Because Dan wants to give answers, but he doesn't want to give up too too much away. So you can see the like the internal struggle of him. Like, what can I say? Oh, I, yeah. Um, and I, th- I think that was a situation like that. I I I think if you asked him that again and he was prepared for that question, um, I, I think it would be. I think he would have treated it differently. Because I don't. I don't think they're trying to conceal anything here. Look, uh, he's he's got the broken wrist. He, he practiced today. Looking. I'm good. Yep. I'm good. Oh, I love, I love Jonah. I, I just wish he could stay healthy because he's got so much to offer. He does offer so much when he's in there. It's not like, like even Vitae, but which his was such a much more serious. I hate to even kind of mention this in the same breath, but Vitae's injuries, it's like, boom, done. Right. But when he's there, yeah. he was really strong. He was really strong. And you can see why they signed and did what they did. Um, and the Jonah's just a little bit. So there we go. They have, um, they have missed the run blocking a lot of both of those guys. Because um, Graham Glasgow, I, I, look, Graham is a good player, and I'm glad that they have him, and he's a capable starter. But the amount of times that he gets out in space in the run game and never freaking touches anybody yeah, or blocks misses. them, yeah. and then is the first guy there offering a hand to David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs when the guy that he was supposed to block pick, tackles them. <laughs> That's getting freaking old, Graham. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, I, I love Snap me some Graham. Pen. It's hard. It's hard to get mad at him. Appropriate um, some Michigan Penn too. <laughs> two other injuries we want to call it, cover really quick. The first one is we need uh, we got a request from Ben Diesel. Can we get a, a Riz and Gout shout out? Porter for four. Riz, how's the gout treating that, that injury uh, on the front line? Honest here? to God, I am having an inflammation in my left index toe right now and i don't know where it came from because i haven't had a beer in uh, i had one thanksgiving night and that was the last beer that i had um i'm apparently either dehydrated or just eating weird stuff um i've I've been so i'm trying to lose weight because uh i i hit i had to go in for a checkup and the scale 
was not nice. I didn't like the number on there, so I'm trying to lose weight, and I've been um, obsessed with dragon berries, and I wonder if dragon dragon fruits, I wonder if dragon fruit, um, aside from turning my urine a strange color, um, is also impacting my gout. Okay. You should you should try the dur- some durian fruit. You'd love it. It'll be, it'll be oh, durian's good. Yeah, there like you go. That. Uh, that's that's an acquired taste. Uh, let's see, really quick. Um, we had that, and then there's some James Houston talk. Um, Jimmy, Doctor Jimmy Liao has been talking about him on his specials. Check it out. Like, think about this. You know, you, you got some great Twitter doctors out He's there. So good. We've got a guy giving your daily injury breakdown for both teams uh, on our YouTube and our podcast. Doctor Jimmy Liao is doing some great work. Love, love to have that kind of expertise on the show Riz James Houston. What do you got? Uh, don't expect him to be back before Christmas at all. Um, and that's something that, that Dr. Liao has talked about, but, uh, it, the word, um, is that, uh, he's probably not coming back this year, which means that he could very well play against Denver based on his history. But, uh, it's not looking all that promising for him to be coming back and providing much pass rush help. Yep. Yep. Um, let's see, AJ, I believe we aren't playing the right guys against certain opponents. Julian should always be one the, on the third down squad and Bonito should be not be starting over bugs. Give iffy outside reps. We're going to, I bet we're going to see some iffy this week. I'm concerned about what's going on with bugs. Maybe uh, if he is a- really, if he is really not an outside, he's really not an outside cornerback. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He has no turning radius. Give um, if Ash's a guy video a listen, just because he talks about exactly how we could use Iffy in this game very specifically, as well as he has some conversation about bugs. I don't want to, I don't want to give away what he has, but Ash, I haven't Ash's seen Ash's video DLP, yet, It so. was really, really good today. I have not. I, I saw Tuesdays was the last of Ash that I saw. I need, need to catch up on my ashing. Um, I uh, uh, I I am not in favor of playing Iffy <laughs> just from seeing him in practice and from seeing like he's not instinctive in the least, and that really shows a lot. The more you watch him, yeah. um, as for Bugs, it's kind of on Bugs to push to get into the lineup yep okay interesting all right let's move on about that yep we've got a schedule to keep we've got we've got planes to catch people to do things to see um henning cooker cleared for practice um i still i just lament and i have to very quickly for the moment uh, shed a quick tear um that damn interview last year at senior bowl with Hendon. It was so great. He's such a great, well put together kid. I I'm, I'm having, I'm having a hard time. I know he's not going to play this year. He maybe the last week when everything's wrapped up and locked in, we might see some, some hooker on the field. Love it. Absolutely love it. I love that. We have a guy like that as our backup um, excited for, for him. He, I, I worry he's going to have a good NFL career somewhere that maybe isn't Detroit. I, I don't know. We'll see how these things play out. But he's he's such a likable guy. Clear for practice. He's really excited. Um, just a, such a cool cat. Uh, good news for him. Good progress. And here he is. He's in the NFL now as a healthy player and ready to start doing reps and taking plays. Called my shot on the huge show today, which I recorded about uh, an hour before I got here. <laughs> I had to fight Grand Rapids traffic to get home to do this so I can run to get my daughter in very short time. I said that he will start in week 18 
against the Vikings because the Lions will have long since clinched the playoff spot and they will be the three seed. Um, they're not, they certainly won't be the four seed because that's the NFC South champ. They are playing the current NFC South leaders this weekend. After this weekend, the current NFC South leader will be five and seven. <laughs> the Lions will be nine and three. Um, spoiler alert. Um, so they're not going to play that one. Um, and the Niners and will likely minute, be eight and four. Could be. Could I mean, be. They're playing, they're we'll playing s- Philly, we'll see. right? I, I, I will say this just in real quick about the Vikings. Josh Dobbs done got figured out. Yeah. And he doesn't have more tools in the box to throw at them. Like, he is what he is. <laughs> it's one of the reasons why he's on his sixth NFL team since 2021. One of the reasons why the Lions gave up on him. Yep. One of the reasons why the Browns gave up on him three times. And their backup quarterback <laughs> is crap. If, if, if you watch them at all, <laughs> he got figured you, you teams have figured out that you don't, you, you want him to throw deep because he can't. And uh, uh, I think you saw Chicago play masterfully. And I, I think the lions can do that very well as well. Uh, so they, all the talk that was going on last Friday and Saturday about, Oh, the Vikings are going to win the division. The lions are going to collapse and miss the playoffs. And it's going to be terrible. We need to fire everybody. I think, I think Monday night, Killed all that, and I'm very happy about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Chris is such a good interviewer. There's no way Hooker wasn't drafted sooner if that interview ever aired. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> peaceful Tim. That's funny. Hooker um, was uh, was destined to be a lion, and uh, uh, Sam and I saw it firsthand when uh, he when he and Ray Agnew ran to each other like long lost lovers after practice and embraced and talked and you know basically put a little like bubble around themselves so nobody else could talk to him. Uh, And then we asked Hendon about that. And uh, he was very candid about his relationship with Ray Agnew, the Lions assistant GM and the, how much, how much the Lions were very interested in him. And that was something that was also reaffirmed at the combine. Um, When I talked to him off to the side before he went onto his podium interview, he's like, He's like, you know, good places uh, to, to live. I'm like, well, I actually don't live in Detroit. It's like, oh man, you know, help. So he was, he was like, really cool about it. So I, I uh, yeah, I'm very excited about it. I think he's going to start that Week 18 game, mm-hmm. uh, much in the way that Patrick Mahomes did for Alex Smith in back in 2017. Uh, and Alex Smith wound up. Uh, he went to Washington after that, didn't he? Because Mahomes was that yep. good. I don't expect that to happen with Hooker, but I'm not going to say that it can't. Yeah. I think I, Brandon brings up a good point. Uh, is Hen in the future of the Lions as being a running quarterback? Seems how that seems to be the top teams now with what they have. Potentially, we'll see. It, it's this we will is, see. We are. This is such a great play. How they brought him in and did this with Goff, um, rather than go like like the whole Malik thing, barring the Malik truthers thinking he was the guy, but. Um, <laughs> Don't know if he's in the league next year, um, <laughs> but bringing a guy like that in, like bringing in somebody that's going to directly compete with him right away, like that, wouldn't have been the right thing to do at that time. You wouldn't be seeing the the golf you have today. Yeah, it's just the way it works. Now you have golf in a position with a kid that he can help grow that has he's already grown with, who wasn't a threat, and we can figure out with the contract and everything else how that goes, and it's based on on Jared's play. Basically, what he has, uh, Hooker has some good stuff. I know we're seeing it here. Teddy is in the uh, 
is in the wings as the backup. Let's see. Let's see how this plays out because, you know, we've seen what Teddy can do as well. And it's not. He's, he, he wasn't impressive. Like before we signed him, the conversation, if you remember the at the training camp party, Dan Miller, Justin Rogers, Jeff Risden, and a couple other people we talked at in that era before, you know, he was signed and before people started tweeting two gloves saying they were journalists. Um, the it, it was it was not a super popular move. He's a great guy on the sideline. He's a great guy with some of the players, the you know, his personal uptake on on JMO. And how he wanted to work with him is is commendable. Um, we'll see what Hendon has. Hendon, remember, Hendon was a top pick quarterback before the injury. So let's see what we have. Let's see what the te- the, the team sees in him and what he brings uh, in in these next couple of weeks. Whether or not you know he supersedes Teddy in the in the because uh, they knew what they have in Teddy in the uh, in the the uh, depth chart. Yeah. So, there we go. I, I- my take on it is that Teddy would be okay with them starting Hendon over him in a week 18 situation like that. But I'll scratch back. If Jared Goff gets hurt against Denver, against Minnesota the first time, um, Teddy's the one going in, not Hendon, mm-hmm. um, even if Hendon's active. Uh, I absolutely believe that and have been led to believe that. King James says Ben Johnson will leave for New Orleans a late a year later. Goff will follow also, also with the Johnson in New Orleans. Dennis Allen will place Glenn. I'll tell you something that people aren't talking about. Folks are saying, oh, my gosh, Ben Johnson will go to St. Uh, L.A., the Chargers. I was going to say, do you go uh, to the Chargers? Because they Justin Herbert, what a quarterback to work with. Oh, 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 it's there. It's there. Why wouldn't he want to work with Hennon Hooker? Why wouldn't that be the guy that he wants to? I mean, work that, that's a stretch that? there, Chris. Like, oh, that's, no, no. And Hooker is not Justin Herbert. He might be, but he, he ain't there right now. I think Ben knows what he's got. And I think wow. I think that'd be very interesting. I think it's an interesting play for him. If, you, if he wants to grow somebody, right, and be the guy that grows somebody, that very well presents an opportunity. I don't think, I, I just, LA, I don't think is it. Um, We'll, we'll get into that topic a little bit more, actually, in a little bit. Let's uh, let's pop yeah. into the next one. Sorry, I, I previewed something that we didn't want to. The sky is okay. falling. The, the, the We lost to the Packers. The Lions are going to collapse. The, the Minnesota Vikings are going to ascend to the top of the NFC North. It's a disaster waiting to happen. <sighs> Fire everybody. Burn it to the ground and start from zero. Is that where we're at, Riz? A lot of people were, unfortunately. <laughs> They're eight and three. They're going to win the first ever NFC North title in Detroit this year. Mm-hmm. They could have that wrapped up before they even play the Vikings. It's that there's a very real possibility there. Now, Green Bay can factor into that too. I can't, can't discount that, but this is still a really good football team. Yep. And I think, uh, and, and I explained this when I was on the huge show uh, was that, so if you heard that, I'm, I'm paraphrasing myself here. We as fans, we as Lions media, we as Lions podcasters, we as Lions nation are not used to dealing with a good team with real expectations. And we collectively, myself included, are struggling with that. <laughs> and we're, we embarrassed ourselves on that. And again, Raise my hand. I'm guilty too. I'll do better. I'm trying to do better. Um, I'm trying to remember 
the lessons I learned from the 2020 Cleveland Browns and the 2018 Houston Texans, teams that unexpectedly rocketed up the standings, and both of those teams, by the way, won a playoff game. These Lions can still do that, and um, they are still in line to win at least one playoff game. And Chris, you and I talk about this all the time. Any playoff game you're in, you can win. It, it's just who's the better team that day? Who, who does the ball bounce your way? Is the other team flat? Do they have diarrhea running through their locker room? Like different weird weird things happen when you get into the postseason. That's that's you want it. You, as long as you're there, you got a shot. And they're gonna, they're going to have a home game. It's going to be incredible. They're probably going to be playing. Minnesota, maybe, maybe Seattle, like Seattle, by the way, has fallen off a cliff. Um, They're talking about making quarterback changes there. Like that's, and and that was the other thing that I wanted to do this quickly. Other teams have flaws too. San Francisco lost those three games in a row. You did not see their fans calling for everybody to not just be fired, but die in a fiery plane crash, which that, that was kind of the reaction that a lot of the Lions fans had. We have to throttle back on the negativity a little bit. Maybe, maybe we also need to, to scale a little bit back on the excitement level when we're winning so much because it's novel for us. It's new. I'm not used to that. Um, I like it. I like it a whole lot, and I want to celebrate it. But I think we all got to collectively too far out over our skis on that, and uh, hopefully we learn from that. Hopefully we also don't have to test that theory for a couple of weeks because the next – Next three games are this deciding point. They're going to be favored in all three. Um, I know Denver has played much better since their 70-burger that that Miami laid on them. Uh, In fact, they are the number three defense in the league since that happened. But we're we're in a good spot still. I think we forgot that collectively, myself included. Yeah. I mean, yeah, 100%. You, if if you win two of the next three and split with the Vikings, and I'm not even, I'm just gonna well, let's just chalk up the Cowboys as a loss, which I'm not willing to do yet. You're 11. You've had 11 wins. You're in the playoffs, no problem. And and you're you're a good seed in the playoffs. You're fine. There's there's no. And if you think about what you're where you are as far as the um on schedule, I would say right now we are absolutely on schedule. The Detroit Lions are probably ahead of schedule for where I think they're ahead. I would say they're ahead of schedule, be. Chris. Yep. yep. Yeah. So there you go. Sky falling on the Lions? No. no. I would, I, I'll disagree with Riz. I think you celebrate the wins. I think you absolutely balls out, baby elephant look, <laughs> pull your pockets out, drop it, hit up, and say, hey, look what we got. It's a baby elephant. Enjoy it. Enjoy <sighs> the wins. Enjoy the wins. Um, yeah, dad, please do, adult. but don't like, don't make it like, don't you're make it into expectations. Don't make it into expectations. This team's going to make the playoffs. They have a really good shot at winning a playoff game. I think that is the course. Just this, right? Like, like coach says, uh, in this direction, Um, just continually getting better. We're working our way. There's losses that happen on the way, but as long as that line is going in the right direction, don't worry about it. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride because it's still a fun one. Yeah. Even in defeat, you're not gonna you're not gonna go unbeaten. One team has done that. Yep. That that was 51 years ago. That that was the year of my birth. Um, it's it's very very difficult to win 
a lot of football games in the NFL. <laughs> and the Lions are doing a very good job. Could they do better? Of course. Every team could. Yeah. The, the trick is for Dan Campbell and his crew now to understand how they can make the bad points better. And in the, sh- in the shift that they've had, and Dan talked about this, um, and Aaron Glenn talked about this, actually, and I thought they were both right on it. The perspective has shifted. They are not the predator anymore. They're the prey now. And you, you get played differently when you're that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it takes some time to adjust to being that team. Um, that's one of the reasons why you talk about the teams that need to learn how to win. That's part of it. Like you got to learn how to be good. And uh, it's a different mindset. This team doesn't have any experience in that. Being the underdog is a different mindset. And they came into it the is. season that way, but now they have to shift that approach because when green Bay came in, they came in, everybody comes in with their best game. The bears came in with their best game because they want to take good. down the top dog in the division. Who did we always gear up for and want to play? Who was winning in the division? We always, it's the Packers. FTP, baby, we want to beat the Packers, and we brought our best against them. We built our team to beat the Packers. That's just the way it is, That's the, and that's okay. When you're a good team, you, you, everybody's coming for you. When you're a top dog, everyone's gunning for you. You just got to play differently. You don't get to sneak up on people anymore. You get the the big dick walk when you walk in the room, and everyone knows you're there, and um, you just got to gotta live with it. That's the, the life you live. All right, we're going to get to the next thing. Catching up with our clock here. This is good. Uh, AG versus the players. Is it a battle? Is it a fight? Is it an MMA event this weekend? No. Thank God there is MMA this weekend. Um, Who's getting the blame on the defense? A lot of folks that we talked about earlier are are blaming the defense in the last game. Um, Defense wasn't spectacular, but they they did a lot of things right. They had to deal with a whole bunch of time on the field after three games in 11 days. And that's one of the things I think that hurt them is they were they were probably gassed a little bit cooked from all the the frequency of play and then spent all that time on the field whose fault beyond just that game though we have the bears game we have the baltimore game we have the seattle game where in some of those games the defense really was terrible i mean i remember people yelling to fire ag after the second game of the season uh against the seahawks um who is it, Riz? Who gets the blame for what this defense is right now? You know, you brought it up earlier. It's not black and white. And there are shades of black with the players. I don't think that the players um, collectively have the talent level that's commensurate with the expectations that the fans have for them. Um, and, and quite frankly, that the play, that the coaches might have for them. And I think that's a, a struggle that AG has, has battled with. I think he thought that a couple of guys in particular were going to be better than they are. Now, maybe some of that's on him for not developing those players or for not understanding how better to use those players. And I will say, um, and, and Russell Brown and I actually had this, we had a very long um, behind-the-scenes conversation uh, on our Lions Wire thing because we both wrote about this this week. And I told Russ, in general, I have been pretty willing to give AG more of the benefit of the doubt because he didn't have the players um, and the players were just doing their best and they need more help. The the Packers game was the first time where I'm like, damn, man, this guy's really not doing a good job at, at setting his players up to succeed at understanding what his players can and can't do and asking them to do what they do well and 
try not to do so much of what they don't do well. I thought it was a very poor schematic design for the specific opponent, which is something that I have not said about Aaron Glenn before. I think in general, he's had a pretty good idea of this is we're playing Chicago. We got to do this. You might not like the execution, but I think he had a good game plan. You know, when, when they're playing Baltimore, even, even in that crap game, like I thought he had a, like, he wanted Lamar to beat them by, by throwing like, and then Lamar did it like, okay, like congratulations. You did it this game. I don't think he had a winning game plan. Uh, and that, it, it it was like I I wrote it at Linesfire. I probably watched the first play of that game twenty five times and was just like aghast because I found something else wrong with Aaron Glenn specifically on that play every freaking time I watched it and it never got a lot better. The I think the defensive improvement came in that game because the Packers backed off, um, and that was more of it than the Lions defense actually perking up. And I was very, very frustrated with Aaron Glenn. And again, normally I'm more on they've got to get better players or their players that they have have to do more with what their what their opportunities are. This game was not like that. Two things that bother me. Are you, like, are you like that on that one? Yeah, there's very specific. This is, I'm going to get really specific of what bothers me. I, I it always works this way for the Lions. It feels like the the point of emphasis is the one that's going to screw the Lions. Calvin catch the completing the process and everything else. Right? I, I don't have to go. I mean, that's a way back, but you don't have to reach far back to say, oh yeah, there's always a unique new rule interpretation thanks to the Detroit Lions. This year, it's that we don't call holding, and between that and watching Hutch get triple teamed against the the Packers, and nobody else being able to do anything is just an just an absolute embarrassment that that defensive line i i believe and i think they better take that green bay game to heart they and and have been chewing on that tape for this long week in ahead of the saints that saints line we'll talk about it a little bit that offensive line is ripe for picking whoever's lining up on that left tackle should be able to eat. <laughs> and if they can't, that should be terrifying for Lions fans on what this 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 defensive line can do for the rest of the season. That's going to be the big tell in, in there on that. But um, I, I think players have not executed. And I think often it's, it's a talent deficiency. Sometimes it's a player deficiency, but it's injury too. You're missing Houston. You're missing CJGJ, right? You're asking in, in this scheme, Jack Campbell to do something that he's not going to be doing a little bit. He's not going to be doing it in the next couple of years, right? You kind of have him a little bit out of position for what he's supposed to be doing. It's, I think it's a combination of all those things. And, and we talked about this when, um, when Patricia was the coach, he had his scheme that maybe wasn't the right scheme for the players he had. And I have a feeling that the long-term plan for Aaron Glenn's defense will make a lot more sense with the players next year than it does this year. And I think we're playing next year's scheme with this year's players, unfortunately, and that's not helping them to be able to execute as well as they could. Um, Kirby is one. Again, we talk about the guys that can develop Kirby's had some troubles this year. He's had some great games, but he's had some troubles. And the one, this is the one that really, really got me was the, um, the PFF ranking for Cam Sutton being lower than Jerry, right? 
you think about it, you know, and then and Mo Mohammed right being being out. That was another that was that was, an, that was another one. I mean, just all these injuries. Um, to have him out there to be able to be in circulation as one of your top three cornerbacks to put pressure on all those guys and help lift them all. I just don't, you know, it's just the, it's, it's, it's not there. The pressure isn't there for the guys. And um, it's what to see. They all have to step up. Hopefully the, the sting of this last week and the long week will help all of them get it together and start playing at a different level, because that's the one thing is a really, uh, I don't know. It's we'll just we'll just see where they are. We'll see where they play. We'll we'll come we'll come we'll see where it comes together and and how it works. But they have to they have to pull this together, uh, otherwise it's going to be a very very short off season. <laughs> uh, Mike P. PFF, look at it. There's no better ranked cornerback on our roster. There you go. So let's go on. Uh, next one. Ben Johnson leaving for Carolina. Sad. He's out of here. No, I heard people talking about it. I mean, we, we've 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 watched. Yes. Think about it. Think about if he had gone there last season. There, the sh- I mean, you've heard the stories of the you know <laughs> the owner calling the coach in weekly meetings. Like what? Like already a year in? Not even what? Is, what are we? Two thirds of the way through a season, and you fired your brand new. Co- you fired your brand new coach. Holy crap. There's a, a, a well-respected veteran coach who knows what the hell he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And oh Deuce. Um, that's, that's, that's. I feel bad for Deuce. Yeah. I, need to, I, I, in a way I don't. And I'll tell you why. Cause Deuce wanted to be there because he wanted to be close to his mom who's sick. So he could care for her. Yes. And he's getting right. paid right now. He's got a contract that he's getting paid that's to true. go take care of his mom. And you know what? There's no better way to take care of your mom than catching a paycheck while you do it and having time to do it. So for Deuce, in a, in, a, in a backhand way, it works out good for him. And I, I feel I feel like that's good. I think, I feel he like will land. Good. He will get another job somewhere. Um, I really, 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 really doubt it would be in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Just I don't think he's a great culture fit for where the team is at. Um, I also think they love Scotty Montgomery as his replacement. Um, not not better or worse is different and different is better in this case, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But uh, the, the Ben Johnson clearly had very savvy instincts. Remember, Chris, we've talked about this. This is a guy who's from Charlotte, who has family in the area. He has young children that you know could be around the extended family to help him raise them. College. Thing. He was given a contract offer that would have paid more than Dan Campbell gets in Detroit had the number one overall pick to be whatever he wanted it to be. Well, maybe, maybe not, but he had the number one overall pick and a team that has some promising young players that obviously they haven't progressed the way you want to with Brian Burns and, and Derek Brown and, and um, if he can make like, but there's some, there's some decent young core talent there. And Ben Johnson was like, no, man, I'm good. I don't need to go there. Mm-hmm. And um, as far as going back there, um, I had a conversation with two different Panthers writers, um, beat writers, people who were in their building, um, and they both intimated to me that they're not even going to call, like, 
Dave Tepper, because Ben Johnson turned him down, has like excommunicated him from his Rolodex and life. Um, as one of them, I'll paraphrase him, said, you don't stand up a billionaire at the altar and don't have consequences about it. Mm. So th- like p- people in Detroit who are worried that Ben Johnson might want to go to Charlotte and like for a second, that, that, that door's closed. That yeah. door is like, the like cemented shut like a cask of a Montalato baby. Like it's, it's gone. Wow. What a reference. Huh? Uh, That's yeah, true. yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, and I, you know, people talk about, um, and this is this is not new information. This is just kind of what I'm working with from what we had before. But um, talk about the Chargers being the place because of Herbert. I'm just, I'm telling you, sure, Herbert's a good quarterback. We know that. We've talked about that. But um, also, I think Brandon Staley is kind of giving us a little bit of a look at that luster kind of wearing off on those, those the younger coach kind of thing. Not that it's, it's, it's run its course yet. But it's like, ah, oh, maybe all the young coaches aren't aren't the answer, and and there was just a couple of good coaches that got picked out of there. Um, and there's a lot of complicated stuff. People, there is like people. I know it's a lot of money, but you're talking about people that make a lot of money already. You're talking about people that are all already some of the highly most highly paid people at their position, um, going to take on a job that, yeah, it's more money, but the impact on the family, it's like. You're talking about somebody who's making generational wealth kind of money right now, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the kids really won't have to work when, when it's all said yeah. and done. What is he? Why does he need you know to to do the next generation or the one after that, right? Because he's already going to get those taken care of. Really, by the time this is all said and done, without taking that job, I I think you know people people. This is it's it's the same problem with Lions fans. This year, as we were doing well, we had the loss against Baltimore. People thought. Trade deadline, you've got to go all in. You, the window's going to close. We're going to lose all these people. People get hungry and impulsive, and you can't get impulsive. It's a, it's, it's an infinite game. It goes on forever, man. If there's next season, the season after, and the season after. And while people have arcs, you have people like the Shanahans whose arcs continue like a sine wave popping from, from team to team to team. And because they're good, because they're good. And Ben Johnson is one of those guys that's that good. I'm, I, if I was him, I, and that's part of being in those roles, you have to have the confidence to know I'm going to be good in 10 years too. And right now I'm making decisions for my family. There's people, you know, you take it down to a smaller level. There's people that won't relocate across the country. I had an opportunity to make a bunch more money um, and it didn't work out for a couple of reasons is to, to leave where I am. Right. And so here I sit w- Would the money have been nice. Oh, for sure. But there's family things that I needed to take care of and it didn't make sense. So people make decisions for a lot of reasons. And I'm not obviously talking so, about the, the kind of money that they have, but it would have been life changing. So um, there's a lot of things that go into these decisions and it's not just, I got to do it right now. I'm impetuous. We've got to, you know, we've got to seize the bag because if you, if you, if you think you only have this chance to get it, you don't have the confidence that you're, that you're a good coach. And then, then you're running around with imposter syndrome and that's nobody not going to do anybody any good. Right. That's Matt Patricia land. Um, you can't you can't be doing that. Yes. You can't be living like that. And no, and I don't think people that are competent at this stuff think that way and operate that way, because that's just it's no way to run your life, especially yeah. in this business. Absolutely not. I will say um, and I suggested this online with some Browns folks. Jim Schwartz is freaking perfect for that job because yeah. he's been there before. He has been to the gates of hell and dragged a Lions team out of that into the playoffs in three years. 
I would love for him to get a second shot. I, I'm not sure that he wants to leave Cleveland, and the Cleveland people aren't sure that he wants to leave Cleveland, but their defense right now has allowed fewer first downs than any team in, in, in the Super Bowl era through 12 games. That's a testament to him, um, and he's going to get looks, and uh, I wish Jim Schwartz nothing but the best. Yeah, um, and I, I think he would be perfect for that job. Oh. I don't know if he'd want to take it because he's dealt with inept, feckless, over-ego owners before. I'm not sure he wants to do that again, although yeah. he's still in Cleveland. So. <laughs> yeah, what's the, what's the same as the old boy? Um, AJ pretty- playing Kirby and if he's box safeties, one of their best deep is concerning as well. I like a lot of feel like a lot of players are putting being put in bad spots regardless of our injuries. I think it's injury related. Folks, I'm I'm gonna stop this right now. Yeah. If he is not good, he's <laughs> on this roster only because he was drafted here. Like he's just stop with that. He's if if he's playing, you have massive problems on your defense. Massive. We got Peaceful Tim asking for the wide nine. Is there ever a world where Jim Schwartz would come back here as defensive coordinator? They've been playing Hutch as the wide nine. He's actually not all that good at it. <laughs> um, it's unfortunate. Um, some, some of that's not on him either when the tight end can just wait for him because they don't have to worry about anybody else, which yeah. happened in the last two games. Yep, yep, yep. Somebody on the other side, Charles Harris, Julian O'Quara, somebody, somebody have one good game yeah. opposite Hutch. And I think we'll all feel a lot better about both those players and Hutch. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Hutch is not for lack of effort. It's just he can't. No. There's no other pressure. There's no one to take the the pain off of him. So there you go. All right, let's move on. Let's get to what we need to talk about here. The look ahead to the New Orleans Saints. We got a big game, and I want to start. The reason we lost in against Green Bay was the play in the trenches. The the play in the yeah. trenches was the the key against the Lions. Now when we talk about that. And you look at New Orleans, that's not great news for them because they they're they're achy bakey in in the trenches. They have uh, I'll start on the defense. Carl Granderson and Cameron Jordan obviously ends that are that are dangerous. They're dangerous. Jordan's great. Yep. yep. Still great. Yep. Still great. They're dangerous. Their offensive line outside of their center and right tackle is a, a poo fire. <laughs> I don't know. It's a burning paper bag of poo on uh, a warm burning paper bag of poo on the front porch in out in the country. It's just ugly. Somebody's getting crap on their shoe running through that because it's a mess. And when you get cars, your quarterback, how he's playing right now. And look, other than Olave, they really don't have anybody. And I heard Olave. Oh, he's, I think he might play. I, he, I saw his, he, he will bad. not play. Oh, he won't. Oh, that, wow. That was my understanding. Yeah. Take, take a quick look. Cause I heard he was he come back today. Keep um, talking. Let me, yeah, yeah. But if Olave's out, I mean, it's, it's the Camara show. And frankly, because car isn't mobile, our defensive line has proven that they can do pretty good work stopping the run. As good as Alvin Kamara is, um, I, I feel good about stopping the run with him. Um, that's 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 really good news. Our defensive line and our offensive line, even in the state the offensive line is is right now, will beat the New Orleans Saints in the trenches. We've we've got <laughs> we've got. Players that can outplay, you know, they have good quarters, corners. Their corners are tight. 
but we have enough players that we can wreck their corners uh, short, medium, and long. Uh, this is going to be a great game, an opportunity game for JMO to, to step out and play yes. his game and do what he does. Um, I think there's a real, like I said, opportunity for him. I think he's going to look good. Um, just the trenches game. Again, if we took it that take that out from the rest of the game, the Lions match well and should be able to dominate on both sides of the ball, particularly when you look at the rest of the surrounding cast around those trenches. Agreed. Um, uh, Olave has not cleared concussion protocol yet. He has been going through the motions that you do on the side to do that, but he has not been cleared. Um, that's as of four o'clock today. Yep. So. Um, he could get cleared tomorrow and play, but uh, we'll see. Um, their other guy, uh, Shahid, uh, is is looks like he's going to be out. It looks like Cam Jordan might be out too because he has not practiced at all this week. Um, Ouch! And keep in mind, um, this is not just Alliance thing. This is league wide. Any player who's listed as doubtful doesn't play. Um, there has been one, and it happened last week, and I don't remember who it was, but he was the first player around the entire league that was listed as doubtful who actually played and was active for a game. Um, and uh, just in Dan Campbell land, any player that's ever been doubtful under Dan Campbell's coaching has never played. So, so if you see Jonah Jackson listed as doubtful, and I, I think he's, I think he's going to play. I think he's going to be fine, but uh, just keep that in mind as yep. we go forward. Yep. All right. So let's, let's talk about um, our offense and how it matches up. And I, I don't want to steal too much away because um Don Burr. No, it's all right, brother. You know, nobody's nobody. Nobody has the Karnak hat. Um, I want to talk about the matchups of our wide receivers against uh, their their corners because their corners are, are are good. Their corners are good, but they've got to face Reynolds, St. Brown, JMO, and we'll say Laporta too. Uh, if you want to kind of pull in a, you know an interior corner, but I don't think he'll be facing that. But um, and then you can throw Gibbs out. You can split Gibbs out as well. What we have to throw at them, I think, overwhelms even. I mean, they've only got two guys, right? I mean, I don't want to say only two guys, but the, those are the best players. Those two corners, and I think we have the the weapons that we can take them and keep them busy while other guys open up. Yeah. So uh, Marcus Lattimore's out. So their starting corners are Paulson Adebo, um, parenthetically, a guy the Lions really liked in the draft back in yeah. the day, um, <laughs> and Alante Taylor uh, is their nickel, and then Isaac Yadom, a guy that I that we really liked in the draft back in the day. Um, and, that's, and I missed. Um, they're thin. Uh, they still have Honey Badger. He's dangerous. Uh, I Nothing but positive things to say about that guy from my interactions with him when he was in Houston. I love that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're they're thin, man. Like, their their depth, I'm, I'm looking at it now, their depth is like dudes that are cast-offs from bad teams, like Cam Dantzler, uh Lonnie Johnson, who I know from his days in Houston when he couldn't play there, um, JT Gray, like, these are not good players. Um, their front is solid. Like Kalen Saunders, we probably should talk about him. He's very good uh, as an as an active nose tackle. Their front's okay. Um, even if Cam Jordan doesn't play, they're gonna they're gonna challenge the Lions. They gotta they gotta do the thing. But the the out this is a game where the Lions have the advantage both on offense and defense at the wide receiver versus secondary positions mm-hmm. on both sides of the ball. Uh, because And that's, that's on all, uh, the Lions defense has that advantage on the Saints offense because of their injuries, not because the, the Saints would normally be more – they would be more, more, normally, normally more talented. 
Um, one quick stat that uh, a Saints guy gave me today. Um, let me find it here uh, because this was good. Uh, la, 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 la. Wrong DM. Ah, Derek Carr, five for 25 with three interceptions inside the opposing 12-yard line. Wow. We have been getting gashed in the red zone. Yep. And that's one area where we really have to improve on both sides of the ball. Got an opportunity for the defense to really step up here. on. And by the way, they did that against Green Bay pretty well. Uh, that's There's the chance here for a 95-yard pick six by Jerry. Or wouldn't it be fitting if Tracy Walker, a New Orleans native, got that uh, in his return to his home state? Yeah. That would be, give me, give me that. All day. All right, so uh, let's let's talk about this. Let's talk about what this means for the Lions, this game, especially after that Packers loss, the stumble against the Bears. This is a game. This is, okay, So right away, the, the NFC South is not a, a a gem of a division. We'll just put it there. That's another, the burning Every paper bag of poo. Every single team has right? given up more touchdowns than they've scored. Yep, the burning bag of poo on the country front porch. Um, this is a game. By all accounts, the Lions should win. And it's a game where if the Lions, it's still the NFL and things happen, but if the Lions are the team that they're supposed to be, and if they're going to bounce back and they're going to show that they are a formidable team and want to make noise in the playoffs, this is a game that they really need to win by a touchdown or more. This is a team they should be able to beat by a touchdown or more. Again, it's the NFL. Things happen week to week, crazy. You know, Miami hung 70 on Denver, and now Denver's the third best offense in the league since then, uh, or defense uh, since then. I, I, so things happen, but kind of controlling for all the weirdness that is football and the any given, given Sunday thing, this is a team the Lions should beat by at least a touchdown, man, and they really need to come out and be somewhat dominant in New Orleans to show that they've kind of shaken the other the other noise away and they come back and they are who they are. Remember how Dan before the Raiders game said, my team will be ready. I think he's having that speech with them again. Um, He hasn't said that through the media this time. I think he's saying that a little bit more directly. Uh, And I think they're going to be very ready for this game. Well, and I think there's, I will be the tone to that though. I think, right. My team will be ready. You, you hear yeah. me, team? <laughs> you will be yes. ready. <laughs> they, yes. they weren't ready last week. And I think and, and, and no, I think weren't. everybody, they've had their ear holes filled with Coach Campbell uh, and from AG on out. I think they've all had all their holes filled with Dan Campbell since that Green Bay game. Because, I mean, you saw it. I mean, and, and to be fair, Campbell's. Fake punt was just a disastrous call. I, I love it if it works, but that setup, everything about that was like Ixnay on the Aikfay, like every all the way down yeah. to the point of the snap. Stop and nobody, nobody called it out. I mean, at that, that's that's the moment when you need a Braden Coombs to go against the coach's call. <laughs> that's the one point when he would have value anywhere in the NFL again. Um, the unemployable Braden Coombs. Um I think that it's one of those things that uh, <laughs> I think it's one of those things that um, it was tough. Sorry. Um, 
the I, I just really, really believe that they have to have to have to get it together and 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 bring it out and show that they are who they they say they are this week because uh, especially with the coming return of CJGJ and some of the other stuff, I think it really makes a big difference for them to step into this last part of the season. You know, have that midseason slump, that's fine, but come out of that strong and start surging your way into the playoffs. We can't be bumblefucking our way into the playoffs because it's going to be a short ride if that's what happens. Agreed. I'll reiterate the point. This is still an eight and three team that holds its own playoff destiny well within its hands. They have every chance to win that first game and they can win the second one too with if they're ready and the other team just isn't as good that day. Like none of that's changed, even though we've had some bad times. I, I think they're going to open up a can on, on the saints, but I thought that was going to be true against the Packers. So. I do think that the lessons that they learned from that last game and having a couple of extra days to brood on it and to think about it and process it a little bit, I think were very helpful for this team. And uh, I've not been in Allen Park this week, so I don't know like the vibe from there, but it's a love sense. I got a really good feeling that they're, they're going to be, they're going to be ready. And this is a good opportunity and, um, team against their who they're playing to get it right again and make all the fans that want Dan fired, want Brad fired for not making a move with the trade deadline, want golf gone. It's time to switch to Teddy. Like all that talk will go away Sunday afternoon. Yep. God willing. Yep. Yeah. It will. <clears throat> it will. It will. It will. We have to be. We have to be confident. And um, look, we can. We can. We can be disappointed in our losses, but we celebrate the wins. That's that's who we are, and that's that's the one of the things that we deserve. So that's that. All right. Um, look ahead to the game, Riz. What's your thoughts? What's your what's your final score in this game prediction for the Lions? I think this. I I agree. I think this is a JMO breakout game. I think he's going to get three catches, eighty-five yards, and a touchdown. And I also think he's going to run a play or two, and do something special with that. So I think you're going to see him get over 100 yards from scrimmage, perhaps. Mm. I think the Saints will keep it competitive early because they they are they're not pushovers, like they're not a terrible team, but they we have a massive advantage at quarterback with Jared Goff against Derek Carr. And that's that's coming from the Saints side by the way. Like they're like very envious that we have Jared Goff. And I think some of the, the interact. I, I actually know a lot of Saints guys just would, from wherever. Would they pay him fifty million? Do you think? Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. I mean, they're paying Car that much, so. <laughs> I'm, I'm so yeah, that's that, we'll, we'll get into that some other time because we don't have time for it. I have to go pick up my daughter, but uh, I, uh, I think they're gonna. I think it will be like, like thirteen to ten early. And then the Lions come out and score like three touchdowns and four drives and go away and win like 37 to 20 or something like that. I think the Saints will get tired. And as they do at home, and by the way, the Saints have this just like the Lions. When they get adversity at home, it's worse on them than when they're on the road. I don't know how to explain that. It's a very real thing, though, for Detroit. When when they yeah. get got at home, it manifests upon itself. And that's something that they've got to stop. And that's so I, I don't have an answer for that. I don't know. I don't know why it happens. I don't know how to fix it. 
But the Saints have the exact same problem. And that leads me to believe that it's probably a culture thing because our culture is sort of their culture. We stole it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, but that's true for the Lions. I think the I think you're right about the take where it'll be closer earlier and then the Lions will break away. I think that's going to be a classic Lions bully ball game that they've been doing this season. And it's again in the trenches and we're going to be beating their asses with Gibbs and Montgomery. And our line is just our line loves it. Most lines do, but our line loves it when you get to run the ball because they get to go punch faces on the defensive line and that defensive line being uh, on for the Saints being beat up. They're going to get tired. They're going to get wore down. They're going to be demoralized, just like you're talking about. And that's where where those things are going to happen. So uh, I expect to see some good things out of the Detroit Lions here. All right. With that. You got a score prediction? I'm just going to say the Lions score more than 30. And it's it's over 10-point differential. How about that? Is that fair enough? Sounds good. That should help the gamblers enough. I don't need it. They don't need it. All right, so let's get into it. Don't forget about St. Jude. Uh, Flounder hit us up with 50 for his pledge today, and Nick C. with 25. Uh, Love you guys. Missed the marathon because I was on holiday, but better late than never. And also, Adam, $50. Thank you. Stjude.org slash DLP. Appreciate everyone who's who's doing this. Really appreciate all the support for the, uh, St. Jude. Raising money this year. Season for St. Jude. Stjude.org slash DLP. Throw your tax-deductible dollars that way and help a great cause. Help families and kids who are sick so that they never have to pay a dollar. All right. With that, let's go into, uh, don't forget about some Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Get access to $5 a month there. Gets you access to the Slack, the most intelligent Lions Slack on the internet. 375 smart people and four stupid ones. And everyone knows who they are. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at DET Lions podcast, DET Lions podcast is the only place. The best place to be pants free. You get all the, like we couldn't do the show yesterday. How would you have known you follow DET lines podcast on Twitter? All the show announcements are right there. Uh, Tiki talk at DET lions pod. Check that out as well. We got some good stuff going on there. I uh, guess call on Skype. We'll get your messages on the show. Detroit lions podcast. All in word to call us in the lions line. And that works for the post game show. That's coming up after the game this week. Two, four, eight, seven, eight, two, eight, three, eight, four, two, four, eight, seven, eight, two, eight, three, Eight four. Also, rub you fuck. Uh, be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast because what happens, Riz? I get to come in your ear holes automatically. <laughs> That's a beautiful place. Uh, thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, and no hot tubs because we are your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Go crush those seats, please. Please, Lions, do it. <laughs> Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.